0: Zero, I got it. evening, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bobcast.net. I am your host, Bob Mercer. With me, as always, out in the beautiful downtown Murphytown Road, my sidekick and best friend, Rick which Rick Sawyer. <laughs> hey, Rick. <laughs> yeah, it's too last, confusing. I, it's too too many, I said my best friend, Richard, and, you know, so. <laughs> What's that, Rick, anything? Anything going on, sir? No,
1: it's all quiet over here. Is that right? No, nope, it's good. all quiet
0: over here. Well, tonight's going to be a great night. Yeah, um, yeah. As I got a few announcements I want to make, but with us tonight is Wood County Sheriff Rick Widger and Hardenburg Police Chief Matt Board, two, two great guys who do a great job at what they do. They've both been doing it for a long time. So, what we're going to do is once I get through these announcements that everybody suddenly sent me, I'm going to uh, we're, we're going to get into the conversation with Rick and Matt and have a great time. If you have any questions or anything, by all means, just let us know about it on Facebook. Just type it in there. If we, you know, We'll know, answer them. So with that being said, I just got a few things here. Um, first off, first thing I want to do is thank the Neighborhood Watch, Cindy Ware, for having me in Thursday night to, to talk to them. Um, As far as the dispatch side of it and the city council side of it, there wasn't a whole lot on the city council side, but more on the dispatch side. Kind of explained to them what we wanted, you know, what we thought. and You know, when they call in, things we need to know about to help the officers do a much better, you know, to do a job on their way to where they need to be. Um, So I want to thank Cindy a whole lot for that and Rick and Debbie. And um, I first off, when I first got there, I said, What do I talk about? Because whatever you want to talk about. So once I started, I guess I didn't shut up because I did it for quite a while. So with that being said, today over in Belfry on Barclay Street, Rick's got a small picture of it. There was a ribbon cutting for the Belfry mural project. It's called Brighton, Brighton Belfry. It's over on Barclay Road. Real nice. Tell the groups got together. they said that the community came together, really did some great work, and they supported it. And um, so, if you get a chance, go over on Barclay Street in belfry Ohio, and check that out. What they've done, I think you'll like it. So, also, a birthday today. Well, actually, it was yesterday. My coworker, Ashley Barclay, her birthday was yesterday. So I'm going to wish her a happy birthday today on the podcast. She's getting ready to leave us to go somewhere else. She's just a great person, and it's fun working with her, and I'm sure she'll do good wherever she goes. So, actually, if you're listening, happy birthday, and good luck to you. Um, Thursday, May 19th, Grand Central Mall, WTAP Expo with the Division of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Those involved will be the Parksburg Correctional Center, St. Mary's Correctional Center, Lori Yeager Juvenile Center, North Central Regional Jail. The Humane Society is going to have an adopt a on Saturday, May 21st from 10 to 4 at Pet Supply Plus, Indiana. The um, Parker for South, Partner for PHS graduation will be the 21st. Williamstown High School is going to be graduating the 22nd. We want to wish all the graduates uh, good luck in the future. Congratulations on your graduation. It's a big step out into the adult world, but I'm sure with your education and everything, you'll do fine. So congratulations and good luck to all them. Warren High School is gonna graduate Friday. My brother told me his son graduates Friday. And I got a real nice lady he said that the West Virginia School for the Deaf and Blind are graduating 5.27, the 27th of this month. So good luck to them people as well. Uh, we wish you well in your graduation and we, again we know you'll do fine so last night we had operation blue sky for those of you who didn't get a chance to see it we tried very hard i have video of it but for some reason it said that the file was too big and it will not let me download the file to show you the um the parade but i do have some of the some of the agencies that were involved We have Washington County Sheriff's Department, Beverly Police Department, Marietta Police Department, Marietta College Police Department, Ohio Highway Patrol, Belfreek Police Department, Parkersburg Police Department, Vienna, Wood County Sheriff's Department, and West Virginia State Police. Now, the National Police Week and Police Officers Memorial Day, which is today, the 15th of the month, was first presented by President John Kennedy in 1962. He presented it to Congress. As a way to honor the sacrifices that the law enforcement officers make to their communities and the memorial, the memorial police officer, peace officers, Memorial Day was uh, a day dedicated to those who gave their lives in the uh, pursuit of their duties. And we honor them today. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, and I'll get into this with Matt and Rick here in a little bit. I think there's something going on this week. If I'm not mistaken, I think tomorrow maybe. I wasn't sure uh, Mo- when it is. Monday. Monday. Okay, tomorrow. And we'll get into that. So I wanted to um, thank you everybody for doing that. That was an amazing, that was an amazing um, thing last night to watch all the police officers. We were standing up there on Grand Central Mead Ridge and my wife, and we were watching and waving, and got to see a lot of people and wave. And, you know, just let them know, hey, we're here for you because uh, like I said the other day um, to the neighborhood watch program and I've said this for years so I'm going to keep saying if we have some of the finest law enforcement officers in the country right here in the middle ohio valley as a dispatcher for these agencies and these people I listen to every day the heart they put into what they do they're just they're human and but they do a great job they go from call to call to call and they do the very best job they can and they didn't do this because they want somebody to say hey add a boy, way to go they do it because they care about what happens in the community so with that being said we're going to move right along to again Hartford police chief matt board wood county sheriff rick Wager. these guys are relatively new to their their positions but they're not relatively new to law enforcement most everybody in this area knows these two guys and they're great guys and I'm honored to be dispatched for him. I'm honored to work with Rick. For Rick, I'm sorry, not with Rick. For Rick. And so, Rick uh, Sawyer, you have some questions you want to ask. Let's dig into the let's dig into the podcast. Unless you guys want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you, Chief Ford.
2: I think that might be some of Rick's questions. I don't want to step on his toes, but I don't mind to tell you. Uh, he's used to me
0: doing that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, um, I've been a police officer for about 20 years. Um, I was hired in 2002. Uh, You're right. I am new to this role. I'm starting my fourth week as the chief of police. But prior to that, I was a sergeant for, I believe, in 2008, I was promoted to sergeant. Um, 2013 or 14, promoted to lieutenant. Uh, I served as uniform division commander just prior to becoming the chief. Um, I've served as a crisis negotiator, field training officer, um, instructor in a a few different things, uh, crash reconstruction. Right. Um, just been very fortunate. The, the good Lord has has saw fit to let me have a lot of great opportunities and and meet a lot of great people and and continue to use me. I hope He does.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you straight up. I mean, we've heard a lot of positivity about your promotion into the into being chief. A lot of people were quite happy with it, as well as they were with Rick when he was when he was appointed sheriff of Wood County. Because if anybody knows law enforcement, it's you two guys, Rick. If you'd like to just kind of introduce yourself. I know everybody knows you, but
3: people don't mind, sir. Thanks, Bob. And it's always been a pleasure working with you also. And uh, I look forward to working with Matt, uh, chief board. Uh, I've been in the uh, law enforcement and public safety business for 45 years. That'll tell some of my age they're going. Um, I was with the sheriff's office for 38 years. I was a helicopter pilot for the sheriff's office. I was one of the uh, lead people in starting the, the sheriff's office SWAT team, which I feel is one of the uh, it, along with the uh, Parkersburg police, one of the finer SWAT teams in our area. Um, I was also a public safety diver. I spent a lot of time in the water, uh, in the in the river, which is not a good place to dive, but uh, we did it. Um, I started out in patrol in 1977 and worked my way up into the Detective Bureau, shift commander, uh, I was in a special investigations unit with the FBI for a while, and then um, um, the, the latter part of my career, I spent 11 years with the Parkerberg Violent Crime and Narcotics Task Force. Uh, we were very successful, and that that continues to be a successful uh, venture with the task force. So I, I have more or less a all-around worldview view of the sheriff's office uh, since I've been there for so long, Bob.
0: Well, the guys, I mean, the guys appreciate you. You know, I've talked to, I've talked to a few of them, and they were quite pleased, and that's a good thing because. They know that when they look at you two guys, they have leadership. You know, one thing, and uh, and I'm going to say this about Matt, because this is just one of the things that uh, absolutely just, imp- Matt's approachable. And Matt's well-respected as you are. And that's one of the big things that i heard about Chief Matt Board. Very respected. Comes from a very respected law enforcement family. His dad, Gerald, was police chief, and he was in the police department for how long now? Uh,
2: total of 31 day. and a half years.
0: And then you have your own sister, um, Leslie. She's just an amazing person. I just think the world of her. She used to call me and give me a hard time when I dispatched part of her. She'd call and give me a hard time. So, you know, she's retired, and 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 God love her for that. You know, she works with us part time up at 911, and she's just she's just a very nice person, like the rest of you. And so, Matt or uh, Rick Sawyer, if you have any questions, you go ahead and start, sir. I'm, I've run my mouth enough, I think. And uh, so, why don't you go ahead and just pop start it off for us and let's get going, I guess.
1: Yeah, I just thought it'd be kind of interesting uh, if you guys could take a minute and uh, uh, talk together about your overall law enforcement philosophy and, and your plans for you and your departments to work together. Sheriff, Good go Chief. ahead. You want to boot that off, Chief? Yeah,
2: we were talking over each other. What'd you say, Sheriff? I'm sorry. You go ahead and boot that off. Well, um, my overall philosophy, just if I was to think of a blanket word, would be partnerships or teamwork. And that's a multifaceted answer. Um, you have to have partnerships with obviously the, those that serve under you and, and the chain of command. Um, I, I'd, uh, just my personal feeling is to be a successful leader, you have to have the respect and to have the respect, you have to have a little bit of compassion, at least um, you have to have a partnership with the community um, without the information that the community gives us, um, you know, short of us having a crystal ball and um, our cruiser, it's kind of hard to, to get information without that cooperation from the community. Exactly. So you have, to, you have to have that community. Um, you know, I, I think community oriented policing is a term that's kind of beaten to death and has lost its meaning along the way because people use it as a as a, as a token phrase where it doesn't belong. But at the heart of community oriented policing is where you'll find successful policing um, to be in commu- constant communication with with the members that, of the community that you serve. And then also that partnership with other agencies, because any agency that thinks that they can solve 100 percent of the crime all the time by themselves, that, that's not a philosophy for success. So that's where I will lean on the sheriff's office in Vienna and Williamstown and whoever else I would need to, to ensure that, you know, my officers are safe, the community's safe and the officers from these other agencies, if we can be, uh, of any assistance to keep them safe, I'm, I'm all for it.
0: Well, both, both Vienna and Williamstown have great chiefs, chief Piper right. and chief Graham, just great people. And I'm hoping to have them on within the next week or two. I got to reach out to them to, uh, See if we can
3: get them on to see whether I'm sorry, sure can answer. You know, uh, I want to expand on what the chief said. You know, one of the biggest things we need to do is we've lost contact with the public to some extent. You know, we've we've divided ourselves. We've kept ourselves at distance with the public, and we need to understand. You know, we're here to protect and serve, and the, and the public's the people we serve. Uh, I think it's time that we roll down our windows of our cruisers. We get back out into the public. We find out. What, what they need, where the problems are, of course, you know, some of the things that we're doing right now. You just seen a recent street sweep that was that was very successful. Twenty six people that had outstanding warrants were arrested during that stru- that uh, uh, sweep. Um, I think that was uh, I think that sent a, a message and set a foundation to how we're going to work together. Uh, every agency in Wood County was there. We had the Department Police. Obviously, we had the state police, Vienna, Williamtown, every agency you just mentioned was there. We also had the home confinement officers. We also had the uh, Department of Corrections, uh, uh, DRC now, uh, Rehabilitation and Corrections, was there helping us. It was an all hands on deck effort, and it went very smooth, very well. Magistrate Perky was in that night, and did an extraordinary job. Uh, We we filtered those folks through rather quickly. Uh, It allowed the officers to go back out. And I I know Matthew. And and, and excuse me, Chief. If I slip and call you Matthew once in a while. Uh, I know eight
2: years. That's fine.
3: I know that Matthew and I have sat down on a lot of occasions, sat down with Chief Pfeiffer and and and, and uh, Chief Graham, and I think you just you've just seen the beginning stages of what what we're capable of doing.
0: I remember when I talked to you a while back, Sheriff. Um, that was one of the things you had mentioned to me. You said, you know, you, you want somebody who's going to work with you, and as you put it, to take our streets back and i think i think once you guys get going and the, and the public understands that that's where you're headed because right now people are kind of confused about the um, amount of crime uh, homelessness and we'll get into that in a little bit with the homeless coordinators but I, I mean the people need to know and i've i've seen a lot of things a couple things on facebook and a couple people told me about some of the officers stopping and shooting hoops with the kids that's the way to be you know that right there is positive reinforcement um as several years ago rick and i developed a program called the um, neighborhood youth academy the neighborhood youth academy we brought in people from the police departments the different places so the kids can see the officers on a different level from what they normally do because most kids see them like uh-oh here they are i wonder what's up and when we brought them in there the, the parkersburg officers were just they ate them up and i we had to warn everybody every, every every group we brought in there we had to warn their huggers you got to watch them and they did and they loved it so but i'm I'm glad you said that because i i think community policing i think the people would would be very receptive to what to officers being there and not just in a authoritarian manner not to, well no that's not i guess that's not a good word you know what i mean and And enforcement capacity Right. Thank you. And but just as hey, we're here, if you need us, don't be afraid to approach us, you know, and I, I think that's a positive thing that needs to be dealt with on, on the local level. Right. Go ahead with the next one, sir. Hey, right.
1: Um, yeah, uh, I, okay. A lot of time on TV bears resemblance to reality and on tv you see crowds gathering around uh, with their cell phones out taking pictures and uh, i don't believe there's been that kind of problem in our area but uh, have you guys encountered and if so what do you think about it and what's your you cut out
0: rick Okay, he's having some
3: issues Oops. with his friend. Do what, Rick? Well, well I'll go to TV shows. I know he's having some trouble there. I, I'll go, I, I'd love to solve every crime in thirty or forty minutes that they do on TV. I, um,
0: exactly.
3: You know, um, the the other thing is, uh, unfortunately, Rick, you touched on a base that that these the CSI shows and all this jazz uh, has set a um, set a, a bar for us. And people watch that, and they really think that we can go in and wave a wand and see all these evidence and see all this stuff and and re- look into the envelopes and if names appear of suspects, it just don't happen that way. Um, you know, right now that the crime labs backed up, we we could wait up to a year, one year, to get substantial evidence in to allow us to make an arrest. And unfortunately, some of these crimes, we need the, the evidence, uh, especially when we don't have anything of a witness statements or or, or anything such as that. So it, the lab's backlog They're getting better, getting better, but they're backlogged. But, but people expect us to walk in and throw some fingerprint powder around and, and, uh, and solve the crime within 35 minutes. So you, uh, as far as, as far as folks taking videos, I, I think that's just the, the thing it is now. I mean, that is how it is. I mean, yeah. if, if you walk out of Kroger's, if you're with your gallon of milk, you're on film. I mean, I, I mean, that's just how it rolls. Um, so Uh, I think that's just something we need to to expect and know and understand and and learn to live with.
0: What do you think,
2: Chief? I'm going to piggyback what he just said. It it is something that we've become accustomed to even here in Parkersburg. Now, it's probably more prevalent in in other places, but um, is it uncommon if you go on a bar fight call or something like that to turn around and see three or four cameras stuck in your face? No. But, you know, like I've, I've said for years, if you're not doing anything that you're not supposed to do, is that even an issue? um and it's not um i you know uh, to date myself a little bit as the as the sheriff said when he gave his tenure um what I what? my what? cell phone did nothing but uh, i didn't hear what he said i um, said
1: what <laughs>
2: i'm gonna date myself this time Oops, here we go <laughs> i, I can remember when my cell phone did nothing but make phone calls and then right. i got the first phone that took pictures and Um, I think I was probably 20 and I thought it's just a a hop, skip and a jump down the road till these things have video and it's going to change the world. And little did I know it was going to change my world, you know, and policing, because it it was a learning curve, not that we were doing things we weren't supposed to, but in regard to feeling like you're on the news while you were doing your job, Um, the police were not used to having paparazzi, but now it's, it's become commonplace and, um, I'm not saying you enjoy it all the time, but it, it's not a, a game changer or deal breaker at this point. Right, right.
3: Well, and here's the other problem with video. Uh, I, I, can, I can show you three snippets of a movie and you still don't understand the movie. Right. right. And, and that's what some of these folks do. They, they take the, the picture that they want you to see. But when you ask them to see the whole film, it, it's, it's, you know, no way.
0: That seems to be a national issue all over the place,
3: you know. I, and I think so. I, I, I'd rather put their phone down and give us a hand here right. instead of filming me getting rolled around on 7th Street. I, I'd rather put them down and come over and give me a hand, you know. That's just me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all
0: right. We'll go with that. All right. I'm going to ask this one, Rick, if you don't care. Um Guys, what major changes have you made or plan to make in your department since assuming a new position? Is there anything you have coming up your, that you'd like to see implemented in your departments that you don't already have now? Sheriff, sure, if you don't care, to start it off.
1: Okay. Um,
3: we, we realigned some things. Uh, we had some folks that was that was in a clerical type role that we rolled out of there. Um, and, and now they're working with like home confinement. I mean, we had an issue with home confinement that that I felt needed uh, addressed. Uh, they're being, uh, checked more closely. Uh, the commission wanted us to see, take more clients as well as judicial judges and magistrates wanted us to take more clients. So we're up where our client list is up. Um, those folks have been, are gonna be rolling into that to make sure that we check them and, and that, uh, that, that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, some of the other things that we've, we've done is, uh, um, uh, and, and I, and I know the chief's going to, at some point, mention this retention is terrible. Trying, trying to get people, and trying to hold people, and and get them involved in police work. You know, when I grew up, you know, there was Adam Twelve and Engine Fifty One and all that. Everybody wanted to be a policeman, a fireman, or a paramedic. Uh, nobody wants to do the job. It's hard to get people to do it. What
0: so, why do you think that is? I mean, you know, you know, I don't
3: know. I, you know I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, as we evolve, I guess as a society, things change. Um, you know, that's all I wanted to be was a policeman. I, I you know, um, I, I don't think I ever knew how to do anything else than be a policeman, but, but um, it's hard to get these, young, these younger folks involved and, and we're really hurting. I mean, we're hurting. So one of the things that I've turned around to do is reach out to uh, some, some retirees, uh, you know, that, that still have a lot to give in law enforcement that they have just met their age to, to leave and have. Uh, and fused them into our department. It brings experience. It brings, you know, it brings it brings a lot to the table. Uh, that's just one way we're going to have to to look at the retention problem is thinking out of the box. Uh, so that's one thing that I did. Some of the things that I really look forward to doing, and that is working with with Matt and Mike and Sean and and uh, the state police and the nine one one center and and going out here and and doing more. Street sweeps and entering to mutual agreements with each other because the chief the chief touched base on it. We we can't we can't stand alone. There's there's no no departments in island right now. We can't stand alone. So you'll start seeing I believe in the future some MOUs with us working together to to help reduce drugs. Right. Uh, one thing that I and I'll, I'll be just brief. One thing that. I really believe in is a child against uh, uh, crimes against children i don't think we're doing enough we don't have enough manpower to staff those units and we really need to do this
0: right well you know and also too there's there's a lot of and more so on the national level i think and, and i see a lot of it is the police departments and the police officers are vilified they're they're not given the they're not given the credit due when they go out there and do a job people immediately pick up something bad And I think a lot of these young kids are like, I don't know if I can handle that. Those who've been in it a while, I mean, you guys are used to that. You guys are used to people saying, oh, I can't believe he just did that. But these new people are looking at it like, well, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know if that's what, if I can do that or not. So I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Chief, sorry.
2: I I don't have near as much. I'm just starting my fourth week. So in regard to changes I've made, um, a few personnel, Placement. Um, other than that, there's not been a lot. I'm kind of of the mind to, you don't come in and reinvent the wheel if somebody's already invented it. You just find the best course for it. And as we go, we'll, we'll, we'll mitigate things that, that need mitigated, but I, I don't want to make a bunch of knee-jerk reactions and to just say that I did. But um, piggybacking off the sheriff, uh, he and I have already had a lot of discussions as well as with Chief Pfeiffer and Chief Graham um, with ideas going forward in regard to how we can, well, once again, lean on each other to better serve this area. Um, because the fact of the matter is, if somebody's in Parkersburg committing crime, they're also doing it in Vienna, the county, and Williamstown, and vice versa. Right. So um, that's why I look most forward to, to changing is kind of opening up those lines of communication. Not that they were closed off before, but just broaden our abilities with that and, and really see if we can't make an impact very quickly by just, just networking with our neighbors I'm really looking forward to doing that.
0: Well, the good thing about that is, is that both of you um, have surrounded yourself and are surrounded with some of the fine, some really fine people. Yeah. Um, as far as the patrol officers, you know, even to the uh, admin, um, I'm not sure. And forgive me, but I'm not sure who the new, who the executive officer is now. Was Lieutenant Eichhorn, is it, or is it uh,
2: Well, it? we have we have a command staff. Um, my command okay. staff right now is. Um, Lieutenant Coer, captain Cumston, and, um, Lieutenant Icorn will be joining us okay. very shortly.
0: Okay. I wasn't sure, but I know you guys have a lot of good people surrounding you and mm-hmm. that's going to make things go really well. And well, that's key. That. And,
2: and, and to your point on that, um, not just can, uh, we already touched on that. No agency can stand alone, but I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer. Any leader cannot stand alone. Um, you have to be, you have to have a good supporting staff, um, guys that are not afraid to tell you when they disagree and have a brainstorming session because this is not a dictatorship. Now, ultimately, you know, we are department heads. I get that. But, um, you, if you're the, if you always feel that you're the smartest one in the room, then you're going to miss out on a lot of good ideas by not listening. So I agree with you,
0: Bob, 100%. You know, that's what I like about my job at 911. You know, the supervisors and, uh, Communications coordinator. You know, everybody. When something happens, everybody works together with it, right. and it, it's just an amazing way to do. Um, so anyway, Rick, go ahead with the next one, sir.
1: Well, I was just wondering. Um, we're talking about getting uh, young people involved. Has there been any thought given to um, uh, the scouting, explore, uh, police explorers, or cadet programs?
2: Let me to jump on this one first. Are we trading back and forth? I don't want to step on toes. But I, don't, I don't want to turn the camera either. Um, good. I've had a few different ideas in regard to getting involved with the community, and I'm glad you actually brought that up because Bob had asked the sheriff a, a moment ago what he thought was the the driving force behind the lack of interest, and um, that that kind of goes hand in hand with your question, Rick. Um, I feel it is nothing more than just just the social climate and. You know, I think policemen, you know, we were talking about dribbling basketballs and playing sports with kids growing up. That's never really stopped. Um, But the media attention has kind of, it has changed. That's a different dynamic. Um, You know, things of that nature. So now I think instead of it just being a, an expected relationship, because before, you know, everybody saw policemen and thought that they were the good guys and everybody wants to be friends with the good guys. So it was, it was a, a match made in heaven. Now I think it's to the point, these kids may be reared in a home or at least the television in the home is causing them to have a different feeling from the moment of inception of their own consciousness of what policemen are. So we're going to have to be more proactive in regard to you know, getting on a, a first name basis with some of these kids or at least a, a visual recognition recognition relationship, whether we're walking through the hallways of schools or anything like that. And I think that will be integral in regard to recruiting going forward. I mean, you know, junior high kids, you know, uh, high school kids, you know, they, they need to know that the police are good guys. They're not what we see and in, in shows where the internal affairs investigation is going on. And that, that is very rare. Or the officer involved shooting, that is very rare. We need to, we need to connect with
0: them on a human base. And we're going to have to be more proactive at that, I feel well, I think we come up with city council and the mayor came up with the well, internship program, wasn't it? That's is, correct. Is, yeah. that still going, is that still going on? I mean, is that it is,
2: it is. Um, it, it, how many people's
0: involved in that right
2: now? Well, right now we have one intern um, and he will test again. in our next testing cycle, which is coming up hopefully mid June. Okay. Um, but basically the way that works is if somebody has a slight nuance that keeps them from getting hired, uh, you know, uh, almost past the test. And they have a clean background and all that. They can enter into the the uh, internship, um, get a little on the job training. Um, of course, no arrest powers or anything like that. But you know, just living in the atmosphere and the ecosystem will, will give them a greater knowledge and keep them keep them involved. And then the next testing cycle comes. Hopefully, they they uh, improve upon whatever it was they were deficient at, and and we can get them
0: sworn in. Well, thank you, sure. What, what, what
3: about you? yeah I'm saying I'm gonna steal from Chief Board. I mean I mean when we had our discussion the other day, he mentioned that Explore program, and that's something I think uh that that's that's very interesting and and I think it's the way to go. Uh let me tell you something. there was there were three people in my life that touched my life that caused me to be a policeman. Um Lieutenant Jim George, Chief Gerald Board, not and Doug McClain. Th- those three people reached out to me when I was very, very young and allowed me to, to uh, see their car and just took a minute to show me their cruisers and inside and Jim let me blow the siren over there at the Dairy Queen on Blizzard Drive. And, and, and it was just things like that. And then Doug McLean, I mean, Doug McLean was one of the greatest reasons I became a woman um, He took the time to, to kind of recruit me. Um, right, right. I, I can't, anything that I am, I can throw at the feet of those three people because I'd have never done it unless they reached out to me and, and, and made an impact in my life. So I think okay. Matt's on, on, uh, on board here with, uh, the right way to go with reaching out to these young folks and get them involved.
0: Where are you guys what? at with, um, body cams? What's your thoughts on the body cams? Is that something you're leaning to, or you already have some on board or no? Total,
3: total or? double-edged sword. To- it, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, listen, um, those things work half the time um we, we've got some down at the office and some of the officers have them uh, half of them work half of them doesn't work it they're terrible as far as uh, trying to download all that that storage fees now these 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 companies have figured out how to rip you coming and rip you going they they uh, charge you for the camera uh then they charge you for a um, um license agreement, Bob, you know what those are about. I mean, that the 911 spinner sends $160,000 a year for license agreement. Uh, So now they want license agreements for them. Um, uh, I'm changing something here. I'm about ready to, uh, go off, go off the grid here. on Um, and so, you know, those are double-edged sword. Yeah. Uh, they, they've saved some, they've saved, they have caused us to, uh, salvage some cases that that wouldn't have been out of of cam. Uh, But it's, but it's, it's, it's it's totally a double edged sword. I mean, the cost of those things are unbelievable, terrible, terrible Uh, $5,000 for them things. really? Oh, absolutely. And, 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 and and, and that's the mid that's the mid one. I mean, they go from 1500 to seven grand and then they want however many thousands of dollars for the license agreement. So, uh, I mean, it's a very expensive venture um uh i'm an advocate of them but but it's very very expensive
2: what do you think Chief? Well, i once again piggybacking off of him we we don't have them um and i'm not opposed to them I, I think i said that earlier with the cell phones if if you're not doing anything that you shouldn't do does it should it bother you now i mean yeah. i think anybody can agree you walk around the camera strapped to your chest whether you work in the private sector or as, as a member of sworn personnel i mean it I think it's something you'd get used to, but I think it would be a little unsettling at first to get used to. But once you do, it, it's just part of the equipment that's issued. But um, to his point, you know, we have looked into them. And I mean, just to get up and running with everything. I mean, because you got to think about the data storage, because those don't go into, you know, a magic box and, and keep. And you, if you're going to start recording, you have to maintain those records because what you'll get into is you can set a trap for yourself because anything that you record on a case can become discovery that the defense is entitled to. So let's say one of my officers pulls up on a shooting and his body camera, you know, records it and then somehow it gets eaten when it's trying to be transferred over into the the storage system. You know, that's, that's not the defense's fault. That's my fault. That's my guy's fault. So I, I think, you know, I have 74 slots we're slotted for 74 sworn personnel in Parker's. Mm-hmm. So you think, uh, you know, do the math, you know, uh, 5,000 times 74, we're, were pretty that's high. That's, and that's not even including the, the data storage. So I'm not opposed to it. But, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've quickly learned is I'm not just responsible for policemen. I'm, I'm responsible for, you know, the budget, which is taxpayer money. And I got to use that money that I'm budgeted each year to, uh, you know, set the course for success for my department. You know, and I'm fortunate to work with a great group of guys that we don't get many of those complaints. Very, very few. So, right. could we have them? Absolutely. Now, could we get more bang for our buck in other areas? I think that's probably more more realistic at this point. But so, uh, yes, I'm not opposed to them at all. But do I do we have them at this point? No, we don't.
0: Rick,
1: you have anything, sir? Rick Sawyer. Still with us? No that was that was uh, that was uh, my basic question. Um, now, Sheriff, you touched on a little bit ago about crimes against children. And I understand that at one time there was a, a cyber unit working in the area. I believe there was a couple of uh, city officers, maybe a deputy and a state police officer involved in uh, cyber crimes looking specifically uh, for, for child porn.
3: That's correct.
1: About that. Is that still going on?
3: That's correct. Uh, I think that unit's down now to one person. Uh, one of the, uh, the state trooper. Um, she needs help. I mean, she she's overwhelmed. Um, uh, the the child advocacy center does some. They're they're well on their way to 700 interviews this year, with with children. 700 interviews of children that that's been abused in some manner or form. Um, that's horrific to me. Um, but we go back. We go back to what we've been talking about. Manpower, uh, I'm down, uh, well, not I, we, the sheriff's office is down, you know, uh, four slots. Um, seven people took the test. Uh, we hired three out of the, la- or two out of the last test. Um, and, and we get all these federal grants, but you can't, you can't, you can't get the, the slot from the grant because you can't fill the staffing you have and those are backfill positions. So until we fill our slots, we can't hire anybody off of grant. To, to a psychiatric unit like that, so at some point we, we've got we've all, all got to work together to come to a conclusion on how are we going to handle this. We have to give the kids more help, and we have to these these these, these uh, perverts out here on the phones with these and, and the uh, videos with these kids is terrible. Uh, if you have to sit through and watch any of that stuff, it makes you sick to your stomach, and we've got to do something about it.
2: Okay. I agree. We have two uh, detectives that actually work that. I mean, they work other cases as well, but that is their main forte. And um, they've had a lot of success going forward. Um, one's done it for, I believe, two years now, a year and a half, two years. And the other ones began about a year ago and they hit the ground running. And I personally, you know, I do not envy them. Um, as he said, to watch that kind of thing is just, It'll router your cage. I don't care how long you have in this line of work and what you've seen. You you see a child being victimized or somebody, you know, with even the uh, the angle to victimize a child. It, that that is a a different level of you know reprehensibility. And um, I, I really take my hat off to the work these guys do because they knew what they were getting into and they looked that straight in the face and said, "Let's go forward." And they've done they have, they've done nothing but that. They've, they've done a terrific job. Okay.
0: I want to bring up something just real quick. We don't have a lot of time left. I just want to um, just want to bring something up. Homeless coordinators. We have two of them in the city of Parkersburg, and from all indications that council gets, you know, they're doing a bang up job and they're doing really good. Um, what? What's? The, what? How are you guys working with them? Because I know when I when I dispatch for Parkersburg some of the units will say we'll be out with homeless coordinator at right. this address. Is that did you just you send specific officers, or just who happen to be in a zone, or how does that well, work, Chief? Well,
2: a, a few different ways. Um, the way it works is, and I'm 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 going to give them a shot in the arm while they're here because they do do a terrific job. It's Don Lindsay and Todd Davis, um, exactly. both retired officers from here and in, and. In, uh, the mid Ohio Valley. Um, Todd retired from Parkersburg a couple years ago as a sergeant. And uh, Don Lindsay was um, with Vienna. And after they got done there, they, they came down here and helped us tremendously with, with the problem with the homeless that we've had. And basically the way it works, um, a few different ways, um, Don and Todd will get out and, and search for homeless encampments would be the, would be the most rudimentary way that they do it. And, when they get there, they offer people help, um, whether it be um, through entities that are already established or um, you know, getting them a ride to where they need to go or getting them hooked up with whatever services they may need in regard to drug treatment, something like that to get them back on their feet and then offering them a way to, to get where they need to go or housing if they would need it through establishments that have, that have predated the homeless coordinator problem. They've kind of have networked with, with different organizations to do that. Right. Um, our officers have been instructed to have an open line of communication with the homeless coordinator. They're both tremendous about answering their phone day or night. So if a guy on midnight shift runs into somebody that needs some help, um, I'm sure Don and Todd will tell you they're not a bit bashful about waking those guys up in the middle of the night and saying, hey, I've got uh, Mr. Smith here, and here's his contact information or where you can find him. And they go out the next morning or that night and do it. And also they're working with people that are known to uh, the police departments, um, to have a drug problem, to try to guide them in the right direction, to make the right decision in regard to their own sobriety. And I'll say this, uh, you know, um, success in this field, you can only really measure with with a, with a couple different barometers here. But to, to set it um, up a little bit, two or three years ago, um, and this is just me shooting from the hip on numbers, we were averaging fires in vacant homes About once every three to four nights, and I I think we've had two in the last year, maybe three. That has been cut because basically, what the homeless uh, people would do is they'd go in a vacant home, start a fire in what used to be a living room floor of a vacant house to try to keep warm, and there we go. And um, that has been greatly reduced. Our um, we had guys go out and we had 41 listed properties. This has been this has probably been about a month ago. We had 41 listed vacant homes that had been placarded that people could not be in. And we had guys to go out and just check them, you know, because that way that would be another way we could get a hold of people and and refer them to to Lindsay and um, Mr. Davis. And they went out and checked 41 vacant residences. And out of those 41 vacant residences, they found zero homeless people. Zero. They found none. And I, I fully believe if they had done that four years ago, three years ago, they would have probably found thirty to forty, maybe fifty, because it was not. It was I, well. I was. I've worked midnights and afternoons over the past five years, and it would be two or three times a shift. It would seem that we would get calls of somebody going on a placard at home, and right. and Bob, you would know that you've dispatched them. That exactly. that was re- exactly. those still happen, but it's very infrequent. That they've done a tremendous job. Well, I I
0: know. I know city Council has put ten thousand dollars. You know, for people for people who are homeless, if 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 they are from like Maryland, I'm going to use Maryland, and you know, we call their I guess the homeless coordinator calls their family. If they mm-hmm. will take them back, we'll make sure they get home. But they we're just not going to go send them somewhere just to drop them off. These yeah, people are going to be there's going to be intervention to help these people one way or another with all the ways you just said. Yeah, so I think that's a good way to, to do things, and and I'm glad that I'm glad that they came up for the city to do, to be able to do that for the homeless. And the homeless coordinators have just been awesome. And, Sheriff, is that something that, I know we don't have a big homeless problem in the county per se. Is there anybody that, that watches out for that or, or, you know, does anything with that in the Sheriff's Department right now?
3: Well, we work with Donnie and, and Todd uh, quite okay. a bit. And, and we did have a, an officer assigned to that unit uh under a grant but then again you know we had to we had to pull her back out in order to fill a shift uh, on a, some vacancies um and i'll tell you this uh, the, the very small experience i had with them they do a great job and and we had an encampment uh down by the flood wall and uh, one phone call was made and no more encampment i mean they they do a, a
1: really good job with that good. good i'm glad
0: to hear that rick do you have anything you want to say before we take off
1: yeah just uh, one more really complicated question uh, within the past week i've had a distant family member uh, die from an overdose mm-hmm. and working with the neighborhood watch for the last five years i guess one of the questions that always comes up why is it so hard to get the drug dealers off the street any magic bullets or any magic wands you guys can wave
3: well I, I don't know about a magic bullet i i know, um, and, and the reason I've been looking down here, I I expected a question like that. And I, the the task force works behind the scenes; they're they're not out there in the front. They're 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 sort of a silent warrior, if you will. But I'll just go over some stats that they've done last year. Matter of fact, they made the highest uh, task force of the year. And I know Chief Ward just got back from a a conference down there. But uh, last year they got three point six pounds of fentanyl. Uh, that's that's a horrendous amount of fentanyl. Um, 144 dosage units of pills 98 grams of crack 31 grams of cocaine They did 292 investigations With 60 search warrants and 80 arrests Um, And they did some other things That I won't mention But but, um, they're very active They're very active I I think we we might Want to start pushing that out to the public A bit more Those stats right here are probably the first time Or at least the second time you've ever heard them um, and I yep. think that they do a, a great job. Um, the, the problem of it is, um, for every everybody you take off the street in Chicago, Marion, Ohio, there's always somebody willing to step up to the plate, and take their place. So it, it's it's a hard job.
2: Well, I agree. I I I don't have anything to really add to what the sheriff said, other than um, uh, kind of mirroring the the task forces. As an entity in, in and of themselves, they, they do operate in the shadows in regard to um, not wanting they're the they're the group that never gets the adoration because that's that's counterproductive to their mission and the mission comes first. Um, so and
3: I think I think we're shortly going to see another problem. And, and Chief, would you touch on the fentanyl uh, awareness?
2: Absolutely. Um, I just got back from the height of conference, in which he what the sheriff just spoke about. And, and HIDA is, they're the entity behind the task force. It's a nationwide um, organization. And they had uh, guest speakers come in from the RAND Corporation, which if you don't know who the RAND Corporation is, because I, I really did not, um, but it's worth a Google. And th- they do investigations, the, uh, third party, you know, oversight investigations into any problem you can imagine and um, report back to Senate or Congress or the House uh, if they're wanting expert investigations done. So they were hired to kind of look into the fentanyl heroin epidemic in, in regard to kind of let the police know where the successes were, where the failures were, and what you know, the future may hold. And basically, and, and I, mind you, this was a two-day conference, so I'm going to try to sum it up in about 30 seconds. Um, they've predicted that within 10 years, heroin will become 100% obsolete that you will no longer as a police officer encounter heroin, which sounds terrific. The problem is they're anticipating it being replaced with by, you know, 100% with fentanyl or carfentanyl And the reason for that being, wow. um, if you have five kilos of heroin, you need about a quarter of a kilo or less of fentanyl for the same effect. If you're a user. In regard to, to well, it's supply and demand, you can charge just as much for, you know, acquiring, you know, a quarter pound of something as you would, you know, five pounds or five kilos of it. So right. essentially another plus is, you know, it's coming in from the southern border is what they found out um, in, in droves. And this is something that can be manufactured in a laboratory as opposed to grown. Um, so it's easily easily replaced if, if confiscated by the police. So we're going to have to be ahead of the eight ball here in regard to, to snuffing it out. Now, I don't know if Sheriff Woodard and I can, can you know, solve a, a nationwide epidemic, but my goal is to at least solve it here in the mid-Ohio Valley and, and make it more desirable for them not to come here and go somewhere else. And, of course, we would give any successful information we have to whoever wants it from the outside, but we don't want it here. It, right. it,
0: it's scary. Good, Rick. Sawyer, do you have anything
1: you'd like to say, sir? I just want to thank you guys both for taking the time to be with us this evening. It's been very educational for me, and I'm I'm sure our, our listeners will really appreciate you too. So thank you very much for being here. And, and thank you,
2: you. Nice as well for coming out last night. I did see. I saw Rick. I didn't see you, Bob. I was I
0: standing right beside him. I was. I,
2: anyway. I, was <laughs> I told him. I said I felt like I was driving in the Daytona of 500. You, when you're in a, a procession like that, you're driving in your rearview mirror. More than you are out your windshield, and I glanced over and I saw him, but I didn't see. But thank you guys for coming out last night.
0: Well, we support you guys 100%. And before we go, I just want to tell everybody, look, get involved in the community. Uh, Become part of the Neighborhood Watch Program. Don't be afraid to approach an officer if you have an issue. Don't be afraid to bring it to their attention. That's what they're here for. And I can guarantee you, and I can say this, that these two guys that we have here know exactly what they're doing and they're, they're they're going to help you every way they can as will their officers so kids don't be afraid of the officers go up and talk to them be, become friendly with them like we used to i remember we we didn't dare disrespect a police officer when i was growing up it just didn't happen i had an uncle was a police officer a lieutenant on the part of our police department my grandfather was back that many years ago and you know we just you just we knew that the police officers were friends because that's what we were taught. So get involved in what's going on in your community. And if you have any questions, I'm sure that these guys or any of the officers will be glad to ask them. Chief Matt Board, Sheriff Rick Woodward, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you so much. And we support everything you do. And we're gonna be out there ringing the bells for the and letting everybody know, you know that we support, we back the blue. And we always will back the blue. I and mean, we thank you very much for your service to the community. We thank the officers on both departments. And like I said, I'm hoping next week we get Chief Piper and Chief Graham in here and have a have another education. I've been educated. I mean I've I've worked nine one one for sixteen years and I've dealt with the police every day, but I learn things I learn things every day. So guys, thank you very much. I appreciate you so much. Yeah, Thank you for having us. Rick, it's always good to see you, sir. I'll call you after bed when you download this on YouTube and um, we'll see what's going on. So guys, have a great evening and take care, okay? Be safe out take there. Care.
2: Thank see you, guys. Bye, Bye guys. Good night. Take care.
0: See ya.